This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bingetown TV and our coverage of Apple TV's Silo. I almost said HBO Succession. So obviously, if you've been listening to the Silo coverage, you are not very familiar with my voice. My name is Kyle. I will be filling in for Jim this week and this week only, probably. Maybe I'll sprinkle myself on some future episodes. But uh, Tyler here has been kind enough to let me join him this week. So we'll be covering episode six. And just classic kind of Bingetown housekeeping. Obviously, if you've been following the series, you've kind of heard this song and dance before. But if you're listening on our Silo-specific feed, Bingetown TV does more than just Silo. Obviously, I just mentioned Succession. We just wrapped Yellow Jackets. Uh, the Mandalorian is, is a recent show we've done. We've got The Witcher coming down the pike at the end of June. We're looking into more things uh, in addition to Silo and everything else we've done. So be sure to just route yourself to our main feed. And if you're feeling super saucy, BingetownTV.com has every show we've ever done in a very easy to follow and easy to find order. So that would be my number one recommendation. All right. So housekeeping out of the way. Silo episode six. Uh, I'm obviously a rookie to this pod, so I'm just going to let Tyler take it away. He'll uh, he'll introduce us, talk about everything he wants to talk about, and I'll kind of follow the lead. Yeah, I love it. And and Kyle, don't sell yourself short. I mean, look, I heard I heard you on the Succession pod just tearing it up. Here we go. And Jim and I have uh, we get we get Hugh Howie on the line. Momentum is building up, and I was like, I think we need to give the people a different voice than you, yeah. Jim. So, this so I good. think you're coming in at the perfect time. But it's also an exciting episode. I was, I was thinking about this because I've watched it. I watched it on the release on Friday, and I just recently watched it before we're doing this pod. And I do think, just like all in, this may have been my favorite episode of the series so far. Okay. I really enjoyed the backdrop that they gave us with Jules and and George's relationship, but also mixed it through. And while we have been talking about all the different questions that Silo has been giving us and how fun that is to theorize about it, it's about time that they start giving us some answers so I don't have to look like like an ass too much longer. And uh, they really did start checking some boxes, giving us some different answers in this episode. Uh, to move the story along. So all told, episode six, The Relic, just a quick recap. We essentially start off with Jules taking the relic from the end of last episode, the Pez Dispenser, Yes. setting up our boy, Paul Billings, who we also got a lot more. You know, I got to say, I was I thought Paul Billings was a bit of a cake eater, but he was rocketing. In this, yes. Rocking yeah, the great, shit in this Billings, great Billings episode. I was I'm, I'm becoming very pro Paul Billings. I'm also in another twist of fate becoming very pro common who 
you know, uh, everybody knows this this game that we play <laughs> is the Tim Robbins common game. We were probably seventy percent on the on the common side this episode, and uh, and it's my favorite episode of the series. So, again, I, he's making me eat shit with every uh, with every interaction, <laughs> but I'm I'm liking common, and we go through all of the relationship of George and Jules, all to find out that it, he's a bit of a sketch bag, and it ends with a good old fashioned. You know, one of the what is one of the AAA pamphlets for Georgia it looked like. <laughs> yes, so, yeah. A lot of questions answered along the way. So, Kyle, to kick it to you quickly, what did you think of the interactions between Juliet and George throughout the episode? So that's probably about forty percent of the episode was going back to their relationship, which I liked. I liked it a lot as well. I like George a lot as a character. They they did their best to try to slander him. A bit in this episode, which whatever you, can, you know, take that as you will. But I like what he brings to the story. I'm glad that we're still getting these flashbacks because he has like the most inquisitive mind and freely inquisitive mind. I feel like we've met a lot of people that are kind of curious, but obviously are scared of things. And George kind of just loves talking about this stuff. I love that interaction with Juliet when she kind of says to him like. She obviously has such a negative kind of view of herself around certain yeah. things, especially with emotions. So she's like, I did it for selfish reasons because I like making you feel the way that you like, which is just a roundabout mm -hmm. way of saying that she's a good person and wants to make yeah. him happy or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I really enjoy seeing George. So I'm glad we're still getting these flashback scenes. Yeah, I thought, well, for people that have been with us since the first pod that we did for episodes one and two one of my theories was that george was a sketch bag which jim was hating on yeah now look i don't think anybody that establishes a fuck pad in a basement cellar that they find with somebody <laughs> yeah. is a super trustworthy guy right off the jump yeah so if you ask me jules was a little bit you know she was a little bit head under the covers with this one but jules character she is the main character of the show and her whole fuel is the relationship with George. And that's something that we talk about. Like, I want more. I just want more and more and more because I really want to know, like, why she is so adamant that he didn't kill himself. She's adamant enough to go up. You know, Walker says it in this episode that love brought her up to the silo. And that's fine. That's a great reason. But as the viewer, you better fucking show me the, some love between those two. Yes. Otherwise, I'm just going to be like... Okay, that was just a plot moving it on. But George's character is essentially everything that we are taught about in the very beginning of the series, meaning the person that doesn't just take anything at face value. He he asks the bigger questions. And I wrote down the biggest question, which is obviously uh, a great piece of writing, whether that's in Hughes' work or or the or put together. I don't know. But it's what if everything you know to be, everything you've been told by the people you love was in fact just one big lie. Now, that hits hard. It's a big question. And it's also resonating pretty hard with Jules right there because yeah. that, you know, everything that she loved was a lie. She finds out in this episode. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's actually a great point. I was thinking of it more of like it becomes a motivation for her because of what she sees at the end. But that is, yeah, that's a really good point. Actually. She well, was right questioning when they, a lot. Yeah. Right. When they show that scene, the next sequence is when she goes out and calls Walker and says she's done because 
Walker then has a, an equally great exchange where it's like, look, you went up there for love. If you come down here for anger, it'll be the same as me going, staying in here for fear. And that's, you know, what type of person are you? And she really puts the screws to Jules, which leads to this crazy scene with this woman, Regina. Now, again, for me, I'm I'm a Jules guy. I don't know who isn't. I'm loving the tattoos as well. I think she's great, great acted, but she's also just, you know, she's a fox. Let's, let's call yeah. it spade a spade. <laughs> so Jules meeting, meeting Regina, kind of using Regina and then going down mechanical and finding and finding Jules. What's this guy? What's this guy's deal? Yeah. I, like I had said, I was a big George fan. I, I still kind of end, but the Regina line where she kind of says like, he's good with words that kind of hit me where I was like, I hate honestly kind of sweet talk to me a little bit. Cause I, I almost felt hard. Yeah, done you a bit you by were George. feeling it. See <laughs> my, my heart. I've been scorned too many times. I was, I had it out. I had it out for George from the jump. Yeah. I just think I, I, you make a good point though. Like their relationship is kind of the backbone of what's driving Juliet. I'm honestly really interested. I didn't think so much of it, but Walker's, backstory yeah yeah give us like that little bit longing look at that old picture and it's kind of who like, did you think that? who did you think was in that old picture i took it as like an ex-lover but so my wife immediately thought and one of her theories thought that it was judge meadows oh which the, wow which the picture could be judge meadows but i will say our friends on the reddit thread we're theorizing that it is Ellis who is the woman in recycling that Juliet says, Hey, just keep it between me and you. In the very beginning of the episode, she sends a personal letter to Juliet saying, haven't found anything from Holson's apartment yet. And I do think it's intentionally this old grainy photo. And if you look at Ellis, you know, the characters of Ellis, Judge Meadows, like, I do think as the viewer, they want it to be a bit ambiguous right now. It wasn't like it was just like, oh, boom, it's definitely this person. But that's a good catch. I do. I do think I, I, I'm of the opinion that, like, none of the big characters ever say anything in a show like this if, if it doesn't come back to us sure. later. Like, if you recall in the first episode, George tells George tells uh, Rashida Jones character, hey. You know, I got this hard drive from a guy who found it under, you know, in in his place. Meanwhile, we learned in this episode that he traded the, you know, Hollywood cutouts Georgia Vacation magazine for it. <laughs> yeah. And ultimately, to Regina, what Regina says, he dies protecting the hard drive. He didn't yeah. want to give him the hard drive. So going just spinning back to a second to what we were to what we were just talking about with Walker's character and kind of building out her backstory what do you think could have driven Walker to not want to leave the fear that she has yeah i feel like that part of her character leans more into judge meadows that feels like some level of intimidation like meadows mm -hmm. trying to push away some part of her past that's Maybe, you know, obviously it might be difficult for the judge to have had an unsanctioned relationship potentially in the past. So I feel like that's just a common, maybe like just like political trope almost of like the skeletons in the closet at that point. But I think practically it probably makes more sense that it's Ellis. 
just kind of awful what they've given us. I, the big twist would be Meadows for sure. Yeah, I I was I was going with my wife with Meadows, and then people on the Reddit were just calling Ellis, and I was like, God damn it, you're probably right. That's, like, yeah, that's I don't know part. as much about Ellis. I'm I'm not as interested, but so I want to keep on this point though because I'm. I was thinking something as I was watching this for a second time, and I wanted to kind of get your thought. They mentioned multiple times in earlier episodes, in the beginning of this episode, when they're talking about consequences, um, I believe Jules mentions to George in the very beginning, hey, you could be in prison or sent to the mines. Are the mines what they called the people that were digging through the scrap when they showed Jules? That like is a great or, origin story. I was going to ask, and I, I was a little nervous to ask because I didn't know if I just completely had missed it watching, but how many times have they mentioned the mines before? That was, you know, when when Jules first goes down and she sees the scrap pile, she's told by the younger woman who becomes her friend that this is where they send criminals, people that did things bad. There's the joke about murder. I cannot recall if they called it the mines, though, but I can't see where else there would be mines there. Um, yeah, and that, I don't. I mean, it feels like that must be the mines, but that's where Regina's mom is, too, or was at the very least. So and 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 stick with me here, Kyle, because I'm going to I'm going to roll this all back. Oh, man. But. So we've got the mind. We know consequences, right? Send to clean minds prison. We've got Regina's character who says in the end scene to Jules, judicial, they come in during in the, in the day. They're fine. But the man who came at night and knew everything about me is the reason that I'm here. Who do you think that man is? Sims feels too obvious. Because so, he's obviously around at night, but also, I mean, we've seen him kind of enjoy the silo at night. So, I, I hope it's not going to be another Doug Trumbull situation. So, so, this is where I've been going with the whole. I've been going everything. I I think that they are trying to get you as the viewer to think that the person in the darkness is Sims because everything we've learned yeah. about Sims, he's pushing someone off the edge. He's got all the secrets. He knows everything about judicial. But I think it's Tim Robbins, man. Oh, I would, that was gonna. If you didn't say that, that's what I was gonna offer up as my. I think Tim next Robbins is that knock that comes in the middle of the night. I would love that. I mean, he and IT's got to be a big job. I mean, he must know. He knows everything. Yes, yeah, so and many things. and to take it all home. What does Regina have in common with Walker? I mean, they, they both, both hide stay out. in their. They both yeah. stay in their houses. That's true. So maybe this person visited Walker in the past. And gave her the fear. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, that would be amazing if it Tim ends up Robbins, being... Tim Robbins, with his sweet goatee, has been menacing Walker for 20 years. But don't you think... <laughs> I feel like... I mean, well, Walker and Jules have a conversation about him, though, a little bit. And I feel like... But I they mean, don't know... But. But she, but Regina says he came in the dark. I oh, didn't he, at the foot of my bed. Yeah, he was this big guy. He knew That's everything. He threatened me. Yeah, and yeah, it's likely that she would only recognize him maybe by his voice, and that could be an interesting reveal in the future. Because we've also, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you guys talked about this before of like the the radio frequency they use, and that Marnes mm -hmm. was just on it listening to them. <laughs> yeah, so it, it would be a pretty wild yeah. reveal if he if Bernard 
like cuts in on the radio and walker yeah, realizes Bernard's like through like, the voice what's fucking, what's fucking good <laughs> yeah like through the voice that it's him and it's like oh my god it's him you oh know? oh you're saying like turns the tables like he's yeah. just talking with jewel whoa that would be a good, yeah that would because be a good twist too. like if you said that yeah if she comes at night and they could only maybe recognize him by his voice that would be an interesting way that's a that good one it would also tie in with the fact that they're communicating almost every episode across the silo floors yeah because I mean, speaking of him, it's interesting that it feels too easy because last episode, Jules and Walker talk and she's like, I solved two murders and they trust me like this is so easy. And it feels too easy because he even has her back in this episode with and the Pez dispenser where, plant. Yeah. And that's where like if you're Tim Robbins, like if Tim Robbins is the mastermind behind all of this stuff happening in the silo, wouldn't it make sense like he's going to. He's going to rat her out for a Pez dispenser silo uh, in the silo. Like he knows that Jules is on to him and he needs to figure out everything she knows and get her to. He needs her in play. Yeah. He can't have her just out of the game now. I like it. I like it a lot. And lastly, they and they're they're using this thread. You know, it's, I think it was a really good job by the episode of a. You know, it starts off, you already know, you know, Sims is more of like an evil guy because he's pushing people off mm -hmm. the off the edge and he's fighting with them. But so they've got the person in the dark who I think you're meant to believe is Sims. And then at the end of the episode, when the men are watching Jules looking at the Georgia, uh, looking at the Georgia flip through, they say we have to wake him up. And I'm I mean. I think they want you as the viewer to think that they're going to wake up Sims. Yeah, definitely. But I think I think it's I think it's Tim Robbins. Yeah, and it's funny cuz Sims was the first thought for me and then Tim Robbins wasn't the second thought. The second thought was if he's the guy who comes at night, why are they so worried about waking him up in the middle of the night? It just felt like a funny semantic thing. I didn't get as far as as thinking, calculating that it could be Bernard, but I love it. Well, that also what that answered so Jim and I have been misreading double the flowers in front of the mirror yes. for, for four episodes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Facebook and Reddit both for yelling at us. About that. We also got an email yelling at us. We've really been hit up on all of Binstown social media functions. That's hilarious. Being told that we, we can't, we don't know how to read, which is, which is fair. The email's real. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Someone really had to hunt out the email. Like they were, they were, yeah, they, they were pissed. And we finally figured out why he was telling Jules to double the flowers, right? I thought they mm -hmm. did a really good job with when they go through and show you the mirror that they're seeing her through, you see that the flowers are only taking up the, the bottom of it. Yeah. Whereas if she would have filled them up higher and bigger and doubled them, they would have uh, been blocking the view of the people through the mirror. Yeah. I mean, so you guys were, you were right to be so personally offended that she wasn't listening to it. You just have yeah, I mean, to have she still the didn't. Wrong she, verb. she still didn't listen to him. Yeah, and look what that gets her. I mean, which is kind of crazy. I mean, obviously, it's purposeful, and you know, it's it drives plot that she's not perfect. Which is yeah, okay. and they also the the other reason that I like all the little things that this episode did with some of the jargon was answering like smaller questions mm -hmm. because my mind goes to okay, fine, I misread it. You win everybody, but if she's got to double the flowers, then why doesn't she do it? 
But they even say when George gives her the watch in this episode, it's not as romantic. And one of the th- about, and he says a couple of things, but he says, or flowers from the middle floor of the silo. Okay. So he kind of reveals that, like, if you want flowers in the silo, like, you got to fucking go on a journey to get them. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I mean, that's probably sheriff's is what, around like 12, 22, something like that? Yeah, like she's like going between eight and 20, typically. Okay, yeah. So yeah. if that's down at like 80. And that also, That's you know, this all ties in with why the these rules in the silo, which we learned last episode, Hugh was like, dude, the magnification is that. one of the biggest things. Um, they also don't want you to have radios. And we've seen with now with George's character, how you can almost live a different life on the 30th floor and on the 140th floor, because it does make sense. Like a human creatures, we there's the creature creature comfort is that we kind of stay in our area. Mm-hmm. You know, we were just talking before the recording, how me and Kyle both live in, both live in Philly. We could probably walk to each other. If we wanted to, but yeah. are we going to hell? No, I'm not yeah. going down that far. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So, Thanks. well, you're not coming on my way either. It's, That's it's, a good it's, point. It's, it's, so it's just, <laughs> it's kind of like all, I love the, the way that the silo is almost like the tendencies of the people that live there. It's just it's just human nature, right? Mm. People don't just go from like, yes, you I've seen on the Reddit threads people saying, like, you know, it's not the end of the world to go up and down 144 f- stories, which is true. I mean, you gotta have some some big old calves to get oh, that yeah. done. Yeah, but not Jimmy. <laughs> Jim is Jim is not <laughs> making it's a two-day trip for him. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think that's that's the part that interests me is the fact that like you know what, if, if you grew up and there's 144 stories, like you wouldn't do that. You would just stay yeah. in your little area. No, that's a good point. Yeah, it's definitely, I feel like a, a psychological aspect to it for sure. And I, they do kind of keep mentioning this kind of hierarchy of like the top, the mids and the down yeah. below. And it yeah. feels very, I mean, very easy to believe that people would just kind of hang almost in yeah. their area. Like you might go up the discrimination flights. of the silo. Classic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also human nature, just, you know, yeah. ourselves in these little hierarchies like this. Um, yep. So yeah, no, I definitely see it. Another thing to that is intriguing to me about Bernard is, and again, on this point of, they're not just saying things to say them. There's obviously reasons why they're giving character specific quotes. And he's very, obvious and open he's like well i'm only going to be mayor for a couple months and i I don't want it i'll just be mayor for a couple months and hopefully i'm just only mayor for a couple months so that would be interesting as well if there's he's doing some more stuff in the background or maybe his position as head of it is more like if he is the guy who comes at night being mayor probably would be tough to keep both of those gigs going potentially yeah well we for sure and we saw in this episode both sims and Juliet, when they have the relic, looking through their database in the silo. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's running on a fucking 1990 Mac, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> but meanwhile, there is, through the mirror, when you see the two people at the end, that did not look like the low-tech mm. shit that they're working with. That's a good right? point. Well. And they also, like, little things that I've noticed throughout the show is even in this, in the third episode, when they have to shut down the silo, it shows you the view from the top, the bulb that's in the top of the silo. Right. Mm, Yeah. When you look at the two guys that were in that kind of pod at the end of the episode, it looks like they have like a circle enclosure at the ceiling of theirs. So my theory just from seeing them is that they're sitting in the top of the silo. 
Okay. And that would make sense. That would be probably the best place to be. Yeah. And they've got a lot more technology than they're letting on. Yeah. I mean, the odds that someone stumbles into that room, if it's at the top of the silo, is probably zero. Yeah. And it's like judicial is just... Judicial are just dogs that love this fake Bible that they've made. Yeah. And they still operate with the shit technology, just a little bit more knowledge and whispers and whatnot, where meanwhile... Bernard and like five people that really know what's going on have a lot more technology. Maybe they're maybe, and maybe that's the, we're going down a wormhole here, but for all of this to add up, there's gotta be some people in the silo that actually know what, why the silo exists. They know some of these hard questions. Yeah. There has to be people that are kind of consciously crafting this lie that George has told and us. I'm not I'm not buying that Sims and Meadows are people that seem to know, you know? Yeah, Meadows is, is interesting. I'm I'm upset that your Meadows' computer theory didn't come true because I would have loved that. Thought that would have been an interesting twist. <laughs> what about my Meadows is Tim Robbins with a wig? <laughs> okay. That one was that one was a fun <laughs> one, but I wasn't putting any money into that one. <laughs> but I think it was interesting this episode with her that they felt like they were showing a lot of weakness in her. And that, and that's a great point. You know, that they're not, they wouldn't show that if it didn't have a purpose. Exactly. Now, who have we seen in the show before feeling that way? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I mean, I feel like the Billings syndrome part of this episode felt like a cover for Meadows also having the syndrome. Ooh, yeah. I think it's so I think that could be a good I think it's one of two things. So to your point, they have the fact that, you know, look, Billings, he won the he won the uh the reading of the pack competition four years. You know, the guys that the guys <laughs> oh, in absolute stud. Um, but they show the syndrome through a character that we actually are starting to care about. Right. We don't know what it is. You know, Jim was, Jim was thinking it was syphilis, which I'm not, which I think, I think (laughs) we can can take syphilis out considering he just had a kid with his wife. Okay. (laughs) But to, you know, the same way we're talking about Sims kind of being the big bad to what we think mask Tim Robbins. Listen to me here. I feel like the syndrome might be used to mask something that's going on with Meadows. And the person that I thought I've seen sick the same way she was, was Mayor Johns. Oh. And guess what they show us? What's the only thing they show us Meadows, they show us that Meadow does in this episode? Gets a drink of water. Yeah, she drinks water. Yeah. I The water thing was, I meant to rewatch that scene once I started thinking about the fact that she had the syndrome to see like how her hands dealt with. I don't know if she double fisted the glass or something. I just was very obvious to me that Juliet goes to hand her the relic and Sims grabs at it immediately. 
That's a good. That's a good point too. That's a yeah. good point too. It just felt like he. I mean, and it could, again, they put him in those hazmat bags, and they don't know. It's probably just an abundance of caution. Judge Meadows is the judge. She's you know she runs judicial. I'm sure Sims. I mean, quote unquote, looks up to her. I don't really know. That's the phrase to use, but either way. And I just, it just felt obvious to me in hindsight that it felt like he didn't want her to like be holding something. That's a good point too. Yeah. I think the syndrome would be a, I think that would be a good answer um, and probably the right one, but yeah. I don't know. I, it's just I, hard to think. I mean, again, cause I don't know if we have, if I don't know if we have enough answers or evidence for syndrome of what it comes from. But obviously, it's going to become a thing, and they, they kind of – I liked the in the previous episodes of this kind of – like they felt like rebellion was coming, and they're talking about – it. maybe even was last episode when Hank – Hank, right? The deputy from down low that looks like Adam yeah, Driver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was talking about how his cousin was kind of scared to send his kids to school, and I think just, you know, sickness breaks out. It's just another just feather on this, that camel's yeah, back des- of just like destabilization is what yeah. I think Bernard says in this episode. They are definitely trying to show us living with the syndrome and how you know it is a they do mention it's illegal to not tell people that you have the syndrome. Yeah. Kind of like how it seems it's illegal to not have a a relationship that's documented, right? Mm-hmm. Um For sure. So yeah, it is interesting, but they also tell us that we don't know if it's, you know, transferable to the daughter or he's yeah. kissing his wife and she's fine, you know? Yeah, that's true. And I th- I think also there's a little bit of an underlying theme, too, of kind of a like two-tiered justice system, consequence system of these people in power, people on the up top, theoretically, I'm sure could get away with easily hiding the syndrome, getting medical attention, it not becoming a thing. So I like I wouldn't be shocked if that becomes a plot thread as well. So I just Googled what is Syphilis. ginger what is ginger root cure? <laughs> okay. Oh true. It increases serotonin and dopamine levels, can reduce inflammation, which may cause depression. It provides benefits for anxiety, depression, dementia, Alzheimer's, and post traumatic stress disorder. Hmm. I don't know if there's enough Alzheimer's. There. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Maybe, maybe maybe we're getting an Alzheimer's vibe out of this. That would be a pretty be... young case of Alzheimer's. Yeah, seriously. But I, mean, Paul Billings, but... I mean, it's it's quite a specific environment they're living in. I wouldn't be shocked if there's some type of accelerated growth of some type of we're getting, illness, we're, fungus. We're getting, cl- I mean, going back to what we said in the beginning, I think this, I really do think that this episode will serve to provide us more answers in the long term of things that happened than questions, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. I think it was Um, a good combo of both a little bit. We kind of, we, we found out a lot more things, but also some of the things we found out gave us more questions. It also gave us more potential for things, especially like we're talking with, they're showing us things. They're saying things for a specific reason. Yeah. I mean, they showed us that locker of relics. And we're talking about rebellion. Like, it's not insane to think that we're busting at, into that relic. Or they even talked about, like, George and Juliet and, like, the exact, like, they planned the heist for the tape. And she did mm-hmm. it all. Like, Yeah, yeah, she did like, it all. Yeah. And he gave her the map, which we know he has the map from the hard yeah. drive. Mm-hmm, exactly. So if they find the hard drive. Maybe they find the judicial, you know, plans. They know where the safe room is of the relics for whatever reason. We're busting the relics out. I mean, there was a lot of, I think, seeds also planted in this episode. So 
the way that we always want to end our episodes is talking about the biggest thing, which is, you know, where are they? What's outside? Yeah. Well, George told us differently that maybe the biggest question is that they're all being lied to. But we're we're all we all are expecting they're related though. We're they're all related. expecting that they're being lied to. Yeah. And Jim told me and his theory about the outside to Hugh. And while he didn't say anything, he essentially said, think bigger, you know, and talked about how some fan fiction was people thinking it was space, things of that nature, which is probably not right. Yeah. But I was having a lot of uh, I was having a lot of thoughts about what's outside after we had our conversation with him. And then in this episode, we do get the travel book for Georgia, um, which you know, is a huge deal. First off, I want to ask you about it, but I will say expert hiding spot. I yeah. don't think I would ever find. I don't think Seriously. I'd ever find it in that map. Regina's good. Yeah, what, that was one good part for her in the episode. Jim, Jim's been dominating this theory. Okay. But Kyle, you're new to the program. Mm -hmm. What do you think's happening out there? Oh why do you gosh. think they're in the silo? I'm confused a little bit of kind of the big theory with you guys. For whatever reason, it doesn't feel like it all fits together. I don't know. I mean... It's not even a big theory because what I started realizing as Jim was saying it is it's just theorizing why people are dying in the outside yeah. video or not. But it isn't answering the... We are, as hosts, falling into the problem of we're not questioning it big enough. We're like, yeah. what's going on outside? It's like, well, let's think about like why the fuck we well, silo was built in the first place. Mm -hmm, for sure. Where is it? I'm you know, team. I'm definitely team. There's more than one silo. You think there's a world of silos? I which think I, I think I think I think that would make sense, right? Yeah, like, why the hell would there be one silo? I think there's multiple, and I think just to be a little different, a little wacky. And something that I'm not sure you guys have really dug into a ton. And honestly, it makes me think about it because of the magnification thing. And I don't know if I'll love this answer, but because this is such a classic cop out. But if it's some type of like simulation, like edited virtual reality type of thing, because I just am curious of like what would magnification actually give them? Like the ability to see things that you can't see with the naked eye. And if it's, if it is just like, a silo that has the bare necessities for people to live and they just don't want people questioning the outside because the idea of, of going outside is just probably too much for people to handle that hope doesn't do anyone any good but like why would they want to stop people from using magnification that feels yeah like a very and all the weird magnification thing. we you know in a past episode when we were talking about that you know you think about like what in the short time that we've seen in the in the silo what have they been trying to magnify? The only thing we've seen so far is Allison episode one trying to magnify the, the wording of the what looks like the microchip on the hard mm -hmm. drive, yep. right? And the camera recorder, same thing. And the camera recorder, same thing. Yeah. They're looking, they, it's stopping them from being able to look deeper into electronics, is kind of yeah. what it is. I'm also yeah. just curious and interested in the whole. Like we again, we've talked about how the computer screens are really old. Everything seems very rudimentary technology wise. And yeah, so they they yeah, have they, this like projection on that cafeteria screen that 
looks way more advanced than anything they've said. And we even said, too, that about the screens that they were watching in the janitor's closet or whatever you want to call it, where they were watching Juliet, they looked more advanced as well. So like tiers of technology, that's, I'm just going to throw that out there just because I'm on this episode and I'll just throw out a different theory than what you guys have been saying. Well, I definitely, I, 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 first off, I appreciate that. Second off, I don't even think what we have is a theory. Like it's literally us just talking about like, what we, what it turns out that me and Jim are talking about is just the idea of whether or not Allison and Holson are dead, which is a question that we don't know the answer yeah. to, but it doesn't answer the bigger question of why the silo exists, what's outside of the silo. And, you know, knowing the answer to that is probably what's going to, what's going to tell us about Holson and Allison in one shot. Yeah. And to your point, you know, I don't hate the idea that maybe it is a VR simulation or something to that effect. And like going outside, they're just taking your fucking mask off. Like, yeah. and you're just fall. Your simulation is falling down and you're like in the real world going, Oh mm-hmm. my God, what the hell was that? It would be Bro, pretty crazy. I, I was forever just kind of operating on the outside is okay. I was just kind of really into the basic idea that the people that are in power don't want people outside of the silo because then their ability to maintain that power is completely deteriorated. They're, you know, they lose access to that. And like the idea of surviving now with like our ideals from the silo, our ideals rather in this new world full of everything where maybe our skills aren't, you know, as necessary or useful. I think that would be an interesting show, but it doesn't seem like that's what the show is actually about. Yeah. And going, staying on the magnification piece, it's like, what does magnification give you? Well, to the one point that we just talked about with technology, magnification is going to give you the tools to pick it apart, to learn from it, to potentially advance on it. Mm-hmm. Also, microscopes, the next step in magnification, gives you the ability to look at things like bacteria. You know, they might be able to learn what the hell is making giving people the syndrome or what is, you know, what are what is outside if you were able to use things like a microscope. Yeah, that's true. So it doesn't. You know, the problem that I'm having is it's not really answering the question for me. It's just more so like, I think I understand why they can't have it. It's just more questions. <laughs> it's it's just kind of feeding into the same question of like, yeah. I think the technology is a better route to go down, though, because it's a big tip off that now we know that bigger tech, better technology exists within the silo. Yeah. Um, I'm not necessarily a fan of any type of simulation, false reality things. I think it tends to be difficult to pull off the, like the moment that you tell us that it has to be so good or yeah. it's going to feel very flat unearned kind of feel like you drug us along for nothing type of thing. Like I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan at all of like fake dream sequences or like you yeah. make us believe what's going on and then it's a dream, you know, <laughs> not a huge fan of that kind of stuff. So I think I might be a little disappointed if it comes to that, but it's, it's just is sticking with me so much that the screen glitches when they turn the power off in episode three or three, whatever. Yeah. Being. Yeah. And but that glitch isn't, but that glitch is just between the, the reality that we saw in the, on the hard drive mm-hmm. and what we see through the screen. Yeah. Right. So that to me, that almost does, that almost goes more in the camp of like that something is actually out there, but it's like, which yeah. one of those two realities is. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it feels like I, there's, you could, you could find a little bit, to support almost anything. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, as people that haven't read the book series, we don't have enough information to do anything besides guess right now. Yeah. 
it is interesting. You know, they're they're building us up, and I I do like the 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 road you're going down with technology because that seems that's what they've what they've brought magnification in to really address why they what why it hurts them that they can't use it. And you know, God, Juliet, what a threat! You know, she's building her own tools. Yeah, seriously. So, like, what could she do if she was able to see like the inner workings of the freaking camcorder? Yeah, she could build her own tools to manipulate that. Yeah, that's gonna be that has to be knowledge. I feel like we'll get by the end of season one. I feel like Walker's gonna work that out. They're gonna watch something, and then we'll kind of we'll, we kind of hit the ground Last, running. I'm I'm just really excited to get to a point where like there's no return, where like the yeah. cat gets out of the bag a little bit, and then we're kind of hitting the ground we're, running. Because it feels like we'll get there. there. Yeah, yeah because I mean I, now now whoever's up in the terrace knows that she's got this book on Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, serious. Because I know a lot of people have been complaining about the pacing of things, and I mean, uh, I yeah. I don't slower, think I, slower the slower the better for me. I don't Just completely disagree, but yeah, I think that it, in the end it'll feel worthwhile that you know we've lost or I mean we've gained all of these threads throughout this journey that are going to lead us into yeah. this place. I think especially it'll be great on like a rewatch. Yeah, I don't I don't think that they can really go. This was such a big bombshell, and. Just sticking with it, with the with the where the silo is, Georgia is a strange like why yeah, Georgia? Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, again, purposeful for sure. Now, in, in his part, name was George, and his aunt's name that has been pe- his mother's aunt's name, who's been passing it down, is in the book. It's her name was Gloria Ann George, so her last name was George. Okay, yeah. Now I'm going to be so his name. A, well, he was George Wilkins. Maybe he was George George Wilkins. Well, she could have been, you know, taking the taking the the man's last name or something. They name her name him George after his aunt because mm, they're passing yeah. it down. I but, like that reveal though about him that his family was kind of like has a history of of smuggling and relics and stuff. Yeah, not that it matters so much, I guess, because he's dead. But it just felt like a fun little piece of info. It gives you more of a a look into why he was. Yeah. You know, you could say he was using these women to do his bidding, but he was ultimately, it seems like from everything we've seen that while that is shitty to do, and he and he did scum Regina big time. Yeah. Um, he probably felt justified in what he was doing at the time because he thought he was on the path to something bigger. Yeah, definitely. I agree but, with that. I don't know. We've got... This is going to be a, this is going to be one, you know, that's going to have me really thinking about Georgia in the 90s. You know, like what was going on in Georgia in the 90s yeah. is the fact that Georgia is got wooded areas and beach significant. Like I was Googling, how long does a dead body stay underwater? Because I was thinking <laughs> maybe they're underwater and when they walk outside, they're drowning. But then I was like, nah, they would have floated up to the top by now. I mean, there's definitely something with the with the water, though, because of the way kind of that she's afraid of it. And she obviously hovered over that beach scene on the page so much looking at the ocean. I mean, I that would tell be if she was wild. looking at the ocean or looking at the sky. Oh, very good point. It would just be and, wild to see that. And like, if you're looking at it and accepting it, that it's real and what used to be like, that would just be crazy after staring at little. That was, that was life. a really cool scene. Cause it just made me think like, what would you, like what would you think if you found this book and it's like all these people like walking around like Saturn or something yeah. right now? You'd be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, like, it would be fucking it crazy. Would, it would be so that there's no real going back from that. And no. That's where we're that's where we're left. 
did you watch the preview for episode seven? I did not. I'm okay with that. I, I try not to watch them anyway. So I've heard that on other podcasts. You know, I'm a preview guy. Yeah. I was scoping out stuff in this show from the freaking trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I don't know. I guess for me, I don't know. Not everyone watches them. So I guess I try not to, I try to play along with that as well. Sometimes so like, they're just too much, man. Maybe that's more yeah, movie I mean, trailers. Movie trailers get crazy sometimes. I mean, well, if you could, for the rest of your life, watch movies but never watch a movie trailer or watch movie trailers but never watch a movie, which would you choose? Oh, my God. I probably, I mean, I guess watch movies, but it would be kind of tough to like pick one on like Netflix or something and not watch a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to go agree. on Netflix and watch one of those movies without a trailer? Come on, man. <laughs> you know, that's a good point. That's a good point. Dude, I, I, I always joke because I love trailers. Like, I don't know why. I just think it's so interesting, like the choice that pe- the people use for what scenes to include, the mm-hmm. music, this and that. But they can be, you know, like an HBO, an HBO has like a scenes from the next episode down pat. Like they don't really give away anything. Yeah. They just more stoke the flame. But I Sometimes do kind of agree with you that like, if that's not necessarily going to happen for your show, like then just don't, don't include one. Exactly. Yeah. Movie trailers. I love them. I'll just watch movie trailers, like a YouTube video. That's just, you know, top 10 upcoming. Well, movie in trailers. your world, you're not going to have them anymore. Eh, that's true. Well, just, I can suffer that. Gonna, I can suffer that just, to keep watching movies. I'm okay. You're with just going to have to watch random <laughs> movies on Hulu and cross your fingers. I have enough friends. I have enough friends. They'll tell me what's good with it. They'll tell me what's good with it. My, oh, my one little parting shot is going to be, I wasn't totally on board when you guys were talking smack on Lucas, the cafeteria worker. I thought no, he was initially harmless. The worst scene of the episode. I just don't understand what they're doing. Yeah, like guy. he's obviously now starting to like show reveal himself as like a Juliet, you know, maybe her next love interest because now George Wilkins is dead to her. Yeah. Um, and he makes her smile at the end of the episode. My wife instantly was like, Oh, that guy's a whisper. I was like, Oh, maybe that. that is true. She's good. She's I, good. Dude, man. I know, honestly. It's it's a it's a tag team combo when I'm watching <laughs> an episode with Brenna. She's but, good. I mean, that would that would make sense that maybe she starts like banging Lucas or whatever, and then in like the last episode, he like turns around and stands behind Tim Robbins, and you're like, Oh no! my god. <laughs> I could see it though. I would love that. I, I love the like kind of astronomy angle of it but he just they didn't give, really give us that this time so i don't really care about him if he's not <laughs> giving us fun tidbits yeah. about yeah the we stars got the we shit. got we got the confirmation from hugh that we're right noticing that it's just cassiopeia yeah. in the stars which is honestly goes into your simulation even more but yeah we'll see i just love when he was like yeah like you got to think bigger just the potential for that is just fun i love that yeah and this episode definitely Took us further down that wormhole. I think I'm out of parting shots. I mean, I'm ex- like I said, thought this was a perfect mix of, you know, some reveals, some really interesting dialogue, and some past scenes to make me care more about Billings, Juliet's love interest with George. I really thought this episode kind of kind of did it all, and I'm excited to see, you know, whoever's up in the terrace knows that Jules is looking at this book for Georgia, a relic that they didn't even have, and shit's bound to pop off off the back of that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even if you're complaining about the pacing, I think they do enough each episode that's you're going to fucking watch the next episode. 
Like yeah, if you're going to watch in. the next episode, then I don't think you should cry so much about the pacing because I think eventually they're going to get us there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this isn't sure. a this isn't a Netflix show. Okay. No, they don't need yeah. they don't need you to binge it. I'm yeah. I'm they've got they've got me on and it's still rocking number two on on Apple. Okay. Well, Lasso just ended, so we'll see how long. We're trying that lasts. to get it to number. We're trying to get it to number one. We will see so. how long that lasts. All right. That is episode six. What was the title again? The Relic. The Relic. Yeah. I didn't say it at the start because I didn't know. So I'm glad that you ended up saying it so I could use it now at the end. <laughs> uh, obviously, like I said at the stop, I'm Kyle. I have not been any of the other episodes. I'm just here filling in for Jim. I just want to give a quick thank you to Tyler here for letting me crash the party. Uh, there's definitely potential that I join in on a different episode. Maybe at the finale episode, we all kind of, more of us are on here. We talk about what hit, what didn't, what's going in forward. We'll see what happens. Um, just want to Hey, first, I mean, even yeah. even getting your, I know a lot of the Binge Town crew is watching this show. Yeah. So even if it's not being on the rundown pods with Jim and I, I'd love to see more of your guys' theories and we can put them out on our socials or different things that way. Yeah. Well, now Again, we have group the, chat too, so. Yeah, the... The uh, the beauty of a show that is just a bunch of different mysteries is getting to talk with your friends and the community of people on Reddit and the Facebook that we really want to thank you for all the kind words following the Hugh, inter- Hugh Howie interview. Um, you know, we want to hear from you and we want to hear from the Benchtown guys. Yeah, I'm already now I'm now I'm going down this wormhole of VR. <laughs> what is real? <laughs> well, honestly, yeah, I mean, thank the founders. It's a week to week show because if this was a binge. I'd, it, it just it just takes away the fun. So like you yeah. said, I mean, the week to week is just way more fun for us. Um, so yeah, like Tyler just said, I'll just follow it up because I want to say it as well. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, the support has been really awesome. I, this has probably been the top Reddit interaction show we've had in a little bit. And I love that. That's always honestly like the most fun level of interaction because people love chatting so deeply about theories and things like that on reddit so one more shout out to everybody on there and obviously every other social media even you who emailed us about the fact that uh jim and tyler cannot read we really appreciate that and yeah we'll obviously be back jim will be back next week for episode seven and finally one last time we are binge town tv and thank you for listening you're listening to the geekscape network You're listening to the Geekscape Network.